Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Monday, January 28th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking to the creators of Black Power Naps, an ongoing project that addresses sleep equity by Afro-Latinx artists Niv Acosta and Fanny Sosa. We don't often ask who has the luxury to nap. Who has the time to get a rejuvenating, full night's sleep? Who moves through the world with ease? And who, at the end of the day, is left feeling utterly exhausted? But that's just what artists Niv Acosta and Fanny Sosa's project, Black Power Naps, examines. It's grounded in research on the racial sleep gap, the finding that Black Americans receive significantly less sleep on average than white Americans. Acosta and Sosa's series of interactive installations invites Black people to rest and restore themselves. You can see the show at Performance Space New York through the end of the month. And Broadly has partnered with Acosta and Sosa to create an issue of Black Power Naps magazine, which is available in hard copy at Performance Space New York or online at broadly.vice.com. So today, we have Broadly editor Sarah Burke in the studio with Acosta and Sosa. Hi, Sosa. Hello. Hi, Niv. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about Black Power Naps. I'm so excited about this show, and I'm really excited for you to explain a bit about the ideas behind it. I guess I want to start off by asking each of you to give a tiny bit of quick background about your practice. What kind of work do you usually do? We're landscape artists. Yeah. Political, social landscape artists. (laughs) Yeah, that too. You know what I mean? Just like to create and spark playfulness and feeling with like structures and technologies and performances and music and dances. We do it all, basically. We design every aspect of what we do. The sleep gap is kind of a big foundational part of the thinking behind the show. For anyone who's not super familiar with what that is and the data behind that, can you give just a brief kind of contextual description of what what is the sleep gap? The sleep gap is ultimately is research. It's really talking about how the disparities in structures in people's lives, right, ultimately impact their rest. And so someone who is a migrant, who is trans, who is disabled, who's femme, is likely to have more stressful obstacles in their day that l- heighten their cortisol levels, which, as we know, lowers life expectancy. So stress is one of the number one killers, right? And the lives of people of color, migrant people, indigenous folks, are experiencing that much more stress, right? 
having yeah. to juggle multiple jobs, um, being like single parents, um, migrant, dis- disability. I mean, living disability further. is rampant, right? D- living further from like a workplace or living in neighborhoods that right. are noisier and like, you know. And isolated because of that, right? Living in the margins. All of yeah. these things equate to a lack of rest. And so there are studies by several universities essentially highlighting that sleep gap, talking about how people who are able to access more economic wealth mm-hmm. are therefore more able to access quality. quality sleep. It's really a deep subject also for me because obviously my family are migrants to the United States from Dominican Republic, and they're dealing with like a deep deficit of rest. The matriarchs of my family are sleeping like two to three hours a night. Mm-hmm max you know and cooking and making sure everyone is getting their shit together (laughs) you know running the full show so it's like ultimately a really it's really personal for me like we've known this on a qualitative level and now with the research there are quantitative data yeah sleep gap is like the inheritance of most like black Afro-descendant and, like, diasporic folks because sleep deprivation was used to break will, like, as a systematic and researched tool of domination, you know? And we're talking about something that was obviously rampant during slavery, having morphed and still having like a very present current day form. And what did, what inspired you to create Black Power Naps? What was the kind of journey that led you to that? Well, I'm tired. And <laughs> <laughs> so are my friends. And that feels like something that is a thread between us all. And mm-hmm. it's also a really dominant narrative where... We're working endlessly to keep up with the spaces that we want to rest in, but barely can spend time resting in them. So, yeah, Black Power Naps was really, just comes out of a deficit that's really clear, right? Like, we're in an economy where, economy and also a social landscape where finally people are like, reparations. Let's get some, like, economic reparations. Not finally, but... We're talking about, like, years of of asking for these, like, disparities to be met and seen. Acknowledged. Acknowledged, right? And so rest is a part of the ask of reparation. We don't just need money. We need time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And creating a space where people of color, black folks can rest, like, intentionally, but also make the white institution pay for it. Mm-hmm. is like one of the most simplest tasks, but also clearly like one of the most challenging things, right? Yeah. And like an exercise in imagining a future where there is black people at the end of the day. Also something for me was that like as a migrant and as somebody who's been dealing with housing insecurity for years, people say, oh yeah, it's hard. What does it mean it's hard? It means like you're literally in the streets. You are in the public space much more than a person with a home actually is. And so that means that every single recharging like gesture, whether it's like your literal phone or you drinking water or you like sitting down or taking a nap, taking a break, 
is structurally endangered. You cannot, and specifically being black, being feminine, being femme, like being all of that, those things just endangers you as soon as you're stationed in the public space. So for me, having that experience for years and, you know, working from like central stations with the Wi-Fi and like, you know, all of that, I was like, what would a space look where I could go and it could be like you can charge your cell phone like divine version of a waiting room you know like what would i need to have like if i wanted to take a break from like being the hostility of the public space and obviously the questions of like recharge and rejuvenation is very literal too like a place i can plug in my devices that was something i was always struggling with you know going from place to place and like having to depend on the kindness of strangers very often having to give something in exchange for the kindness of strangers as a fam you're always are on the market right and so for me it was also coming out of like this deep experience of exhaustion due to the hostility in the public space and how did you go about creating that space with black parents what is inside the space what does it look what does it feel like Sosa and I currently are technically homeless, and we are creating a work about creating restful surfaces. And so Black Power Naps is really coming out of a dream, like a dream bedroom, a space where also we get to be geeky, like nerdy, and get into, you know, whatever sleep technology means. Mm -hmm. And especially with, with the intersection of race, you know. And the way that that manifests in the exhibition is through this series of healing stations that you both created Mm -hmm. um, that are all based on research around sleep technologies. Can you give me an example of one or two of those, just kind of describing what it looks like, what it feels like, how it works? So in the Black Power Nap space, we have six stations that are each have their own sort of elemental foundation like a premise. Right. With Earth, we have the black bean pit bed. I mean, it's a pit, but we call it the bed. It's a pit full of two tons of dried black beans. And once you step inside, it's like an unforgettable feeling. It's unlike so many things that you get to feel against your skin and the pressure of each little bean on your body and then being able to like submerge yourself and have the weight of like the heavy beans and also not for nothing but there is a a very healing aspect to the beans they're very drying and astringent astringent so they remove swelling and water retention and it's really like popular amongst the elders <laughs> yeah um and it's currently surrounded with safety blankets they're like the space blankets that are shiny and gold and silver yeah which trap this like heat once people step inside anytime like there's heat it It starts circulating and it comes like really warm and there's like lavender hanging yeah on top of it and so the heat of the bodies heat up sort of like the ambient and like the lavender diffuses its smell this one was designed also like thinking about pressure and acupressure and like obviously like each bean the way that it massages the skin like it helps circulation and stuff like that but also panic attacks 
whenever I have a panic attack, it's sometimes really nice to have something heavy and reassuring on top of me. And so there's like a weighted blanket that is full of beans and the beans themselves, like you can sort of place them on top of you. And it's like really nice and tight, but like still breathing, like you can still breathe. That is a theme that comes back a lot in terms of like how we're thinking about pressure and water and floating and sinking, falling asleep, falling asleep. The Atlantic, like the water as like death for so many of us during the Middle Passage and like a lot of things that have to do with holding the sleeping body, holding the laying body and making sure that it's okay <laughs> and it's alive. That's also why Atlantic Reconciliation Station, which is a waterbed with subwoofer and drum shakers attached to the bottom. And in the space, we have an ambient sound of an ohm, which resonates the bass of the subwoofer and the drum shakers. And it vibrates the water of the bed yeah. and therefore the waters of your body. And it's this feeling of floating, right? Like, Yeah. And could you explain the polycrastination station because i think also that design it's easiest to understand the link between that station and what you were talking about before in terms of your experience as a migrant in cities yeah yeah the polycrastination station i mean it lives up to its name you can procrastinate in various forms in the center of the space polycrastinating yeah polycrastinate (laughs) it's a giant bed it's the size of four times a queen-size bed And above it hangs a vanity mirror, which is the same size, with colorful lights along the perimeter. And on each end of the bed, there are charging stations for your devices, like outlets and USB ports. And there are some colorful tie-dye sheets. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of looks like when you're looking up at yourself, which is what you have to do in order to see yourself in the polycrastination station, right? Yeah. That's also something we're playing with. Like, you look like you're in a big tie-dye cloud Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all these tie-dye sausage pillows. That one is the most miraculous to watch people interact with because strangers come... They didn't come together, but they end up cuddling up on the polycrastination bed. I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Like, all I right. Guess. I see what party this is turning out I to guess, be. Yeah. It's literally something that I've noticed a lot that, you know, group of folks go come into the polycrastination station and all of a sudden their physicality really changes and like they become like more physically comfortable and like sometimes there's like more touch involved and stuff like that and I feel like this is so so important because another effect of being a migrant is being completely touch deprived you know and like we're humans like we were really are wired to be touched this is very reassuring for us to be touched and so as a migrant you know I've gone for months you know, I would say sometimes years on end without actually being touched outside of either having sex with, like, somebody who's potentially a stranger, doesn't know, really know me, going to the doctor, so, like, clinical touch, or, like, literal, like, fights, physical altercations, you know? And that is bad for you. Like, that is really bad. And actually, touch is one of the things that really helps with sleeping. And when I see how folks are reacting to the polycrastination station, I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes all the sense. 
Yeah, I think the show is up at Performance Space New York, which is, you know, in Soho. It's the middle of January. It's super cold out. And the area, you know, the surrounding neighborhood is like very harsh. Like it's New York City. It's cold. No one's talking to you. No one's definitely no one's touching you on the sidewalk. No one's giving you a I hug on the sidewalk. I don't want nobody to touch yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> that enough. Um, but it is, I think, in my experience, kind of coming off from the street, entering the space, it's a total shift. It's so mm. calming. So I definitely could see it's interesting that you're saying like you can see people's differences when yeah. they enter the space because I definitely felt that as well personally coming into the space you're like oh wow I didn't even realize what my body was doing mm -hmm. when I was outside just to kind of yeah, be okay just mm -hmm. to survive <laughs> yeah so if people want to go see the show where can they see it how long is it up for the show is up until January 31st 2019 and it is at Performance Space New York you can catch it every day Tuesday to Sunday from 12 to 6 p.m. Yeah. And there's uh, a hashtag. Yes. Hashtag Black Power Naps. And there is a site, blackpowernaps.black, where we have actually the publication, the publications that we did. We did that one with you guys. And we have another iteration that we did in Madrid. And so you can vision the, the PDFs there. Yeah. So Broadly collaborated with Niven Sosa to create the second issue of their Black Power Naps magazine. And there's limited edition print copies that are available inside the exhibition. So you can go pick up a copy. You can read all about Black Power Naps at broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.